I thought today would be a better day. But I was wrong. This trial did not go as planned. And now we don't know what will happen next. We are off to our prison cells. And I'm not even sure we have each other at this moment. During the last episode, you guys were brought to trial before the ambassadors of the Five Nations. Um, they gave you each a chance to plead your case and sort of present your actions, which each of you did. And then they discussed what would happen. And all three of you were arrested with different sentences. Holland, you are being sent to Malra, where there is a higher security prison. In the morning, it's currently about mid-afternoon in-game. Whereas Vayu and Gibbs, you two will be held in Rigan. Um, for two reasons. One, they don't think you're as high of security. Two, you're also juveniles. So keeping you at home is a better choice than sending you all the way to Malra. That's where we are. You, last we saw you guys, you were all being dragged out of the trial room and we had little moments of interactions between you and female figures in your lives we're gonna do a little bit of a time skip since then you guys have all been taken to the prison which is actually the same place as the guards building uh there are three floors the top floor is where you guys met captain akira and where there's a bunch of other offices and storage Second floor has some holding cells, some minor prison cells, like for actually keeping prisoners. And the basement is meant for higher security prison cells. Vayu and Gibbs, you guys are on the first floor in prison cells separate from each other, but you can hear and talk to each other. Holland, you're in the basement in the high security cells. I'm going to ask you all a question. It's a little after mid-afternoon, so it's closer to evening time now. You've all had a, your items taken away and been given new clothes. Gibbs, I will note something for you. Gibbs, I need to note something from you. They didn't take your gun or your grenades because you didn't have them. Right. Oh. Just wanted to bring yeah, that up. because Thayu's mom yep. yeah. has them. Yep. Um, but every, the rest of you, all of your items are gone. You now have nothing in your inventories. Um, you have, like, prison clothes. Like, that's it. That's it. Good thing you don't have any of your items. 
I just um, I just want to imagine that there's no there's no clothes small enough for Gibbs, and so I just want to know like <laughs> how they dealt with that. Well, a gnome child is pretty standard in this world, so I think there are clothes small enough but, for him. But for a them. gnome child in prison? Exactly. That's I yeah. actually agree with Sam. <laughs> I don't think they have clothes that are big enough for you. So they've given you clothes meant for a gnome, but you've had to, like, roll up the pants, like, 17 times just to get it at your ankles, and the sleeves are really rolled up, but you're still, like, swimming in it. (laughs) So I'm going to ask you guys a few questions. First off, do any of you want to try and sneak something away from your stuff? Um... Because I will give you that opportunity. I know I said they took everything from you, but if you want to try and sneak something small, I will let you try. I mean, the only thing I'd want is my staff, and that's that not is very not small. small. <laughs> yeah, Gibbs has a gaming set. Could they could they sneak in like dice and a deck of cards? I'm not sure what game they're going to play with themselves, but so Gibbs can gamble in prison. <laughs> <laughs> Gibbs, if you want to sneak in your gaming set, or at least part of it, uh, you're going to have to make a sleight of hand check for me. Vayu and Holland, do you guys want to try and sneak anything in? I have nothing to sneak. Holland knows he can't sneak anything. (laughs) He ain't sneaky. That's uh, 16. 16? Okay, I will say that you get a deck of cards and a few dice. So my next question for all of you. During the last session, you were told you would have a chance to speak to one person before everything happened. Who would each of you like to speak to? Holland? Holland would like to speak with Fleur. Ghibli? Um, I guess Evie. I mean, you don't have to if you don't want to talk to anyone. I'm not well, forcing you. I mean, Ghibli want to talk to somebody. Okay, I'm just saying. I'm trying to think of like the only other people that out. they know are like Juno and Jasper, and I, there's no point in talking to them. Come play games with me. After I nearly, I was involved in like the attack on your father. Come hang out um, <laughs> in prison. <laughs> Vayu, who would you like to see? Uh, I'm conflicted. So I'm going to say Amala. Amala, okay. But, okay, but here's the T. She's like eight. <laughs> Amala is an eight? What? She's she's 12. She's 12. I'm sorry. <laughs> can my mom come anyway? <laughs> okay, so she's 12. So she can, she can meet you. It's fine. Like, they're not going to say that they need... She needs a parent or guardian. I just wanted my mom to come too. <laughs> you just wanted to break the rules. I did. You know what? Fine then. I will actually roll me a d20. Okay. <laughs> Wait a minute. I want. <laughs> it's a natural one. Nobody gets to visit you. You try to break the rules, and so now you don't get to see anybody. Don't suggest that. So sad. you can see one person. Who would you like to see? 
Amala. Okay. So we're actually going to start off with Gibbs then. Gibbs, about an hour or so into being taken into the prison and having all your stuff taken away besides your gaming set and that sort of stuff, you are let out of your cell and brought to what is most likely an interrogation room. It's on the same floor as your prison cells and you're brought there. Um, and you, the guards basically tell you to sit down and wait a few minutes and a few minutes later, Evie strolls in. Um, you can see that she doesn't look as put together as she normally does. Normally, she's very confident. Her walk is that of someone in power who knows what they can do, who's incredibly strong. But in this moment, she seems tense and uncomfortable. And you can tell that her hair is just a little bit of a mess and that she's been crying. And she walks into the room. And sits down in front of you and looks at you and says, Gibbs, it's so good to see you. Gibbs doesn't say anything. They they look, they look up and then they just kind of look back down in their lap. Ghibli? Gibbs kind of like squeezes their eyes shut. Um, and their, their fists, their hands are in like little tiny fists. Like, their face is just all scrunched up. And they don't say anything. She reaches her hand across the table and places it in front of you and says, Ghibli, it's it's going to be okay. We'll, we'll figure this out. No, it's not. No, it's not. I'm in prison and my parents aren't here and they took everything away. And I don't know what to do. Hearing you say that, Roll me an insight check, actually. Yeah. Is it, it, was, it was a troll one? It was another that one. This this space is just cursed. Ollie and I are just not in for a good time today. It's this triangle in it's particular. The, it's the Bermuda Triangle of rolling dice. This is gonna be a great episode, guys. Guys. Y'all keep rolling nat ones. We've rolled Stop so many nat Just ones in this podcast things. versus nat twenties. My goodness. <laughs> so Gibbs doesn't know. Gibbs, Gibbs, to be fair, Gibbs is crying and has their eyes squeezed shut. So mm -hmm. it um, makes sense. After hearing you say this, there's a shift in the room. A shift in the sort of air in the room. You can. You don't really know what's happening, but you know that something's changed with Evie. Um, even with a natural one, you can tell that. And, <laughs> and Evie's voice gets very quiet. And she speaks just barely over the tone of a whisper. And she tells you, Ghibli, there are dark moments in all of our lives, but... It's important to have hope. I I've never seen you like this. I've never seen you so upset. You've always been hopeful. I've never been in prison before. I don't like it. I don't like it at all. I'll admit, 
prison is not the best place for a ten-year-old. Um, and I can understand why you would not like it, but I need you to know that you're going to be okay. We're going to take care of you. And, uh, Gibbs doesn't say anything, but they kind of, they sniffle and start wiping, like, the tears off their face. And they seem calmer-ish? Barely? You hear, uh, because your eyes closed, you hear Evie's chair push backwards. And then you feel two strong arms around you, just holding you tight. And Evie is whispering and saying, I love you, Gibbs. You're gonna be okay. And Gibbs nods and holds on to her tightly. You guys talk for a little longer, or at least she talks, trying to get you to relax and calm down. Whether you do or not is completely your choice. Um, she speaks encouraging words to you and tries to keep you motivated. And then we're going to cut to Vayu. Vayu, you hear Gibbs being taken down and they disappear for a while and then they come back. And about ten minutes later, a guard comes for you, brings you to another interrogation room, and the door closes. They tell you to wait there for a few minutes, and then a few minutes later, the door opens and Namala comes in. She... Roll me an insight also, actually. Hang on. Ollie, what'd you roll? Yeah, a ten. A ten, okay. Well, good thing your sister's twelve. She's not very hard to read. It's not a one. <laughs> Ross needs to be learn to be a little generous with our roles, apparently. <laughs> I, hey, this is being generous, okay? A ten isn't Thanks. great. That's what I'm saying. You have to be generous because we're not going to roll any better. So Amala walks in and immediately you can tell that she is confused, heartbroken. She's torn up about everything that's going on and seeing you, she immediately runs up to you and throws her arms around you. And you can just hear her begin to cry. Um, I, like, I scoop her up for, like, a big hug. And I just, like, hold her tight. I'm like, it's okay. It's okay. And I just hold her. When are you coming home? I, I don't, I don't know. But it's, it's gonna be soon. I'm not, I, I won't let them just hold me here forever. And I don't think they can. I mean, it wasn't that bad. Uh, but I promise. I promise I'm gonna come back as soon as I can. She pulls back when you say this that. When you say that. And she punches you in the shoulder. Hard. Like, she's not holding back and she says, Don't! You can't promise that. <laughs> Mom promised that she'd come back. Where is everyone going? No, 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 honey. Why are you leaving oh. me alone? Oh. 
No, come here. I just hold her again. I. It's not... It's not like, Mom, I'm not going on a mission. You're gonna hear from me. I'm sure... I'm sure... I'm still in the same town. They're not gonna... They're not gonna... Well, okay. Mom I can't said promise they might anything. send you back to the monastery. Maybe they will, but you guys can come visit me. It's not like I'll be locked off forever. I mean, I guess I can't come here anymore, maybe, but you can always come to me. It's not I- ideal, but I'm not... But this is home. We're not... How can they take you away from home? Listen, I... I'm with you, but it's it's what they think is right. And I should say, I don't agree with what they think is right. But if they're going to do this to me, I I can only do so much to stop it. But they'll never separate me from you, okay? And I, like, kneel down, like, onto her level and get eye level with her. And I'm like, you'll- they'll never- they can never keep us apart, okay? As you say this, Amala just breaks down. She just begins to sob. And through her sobs, you can hear her trying to say something, but it's... She mentions your mom, she mentions Freya, but it, it what she's trying to say doesn't make any sense. It, it's too clouded by her crying so i'm just gonna like put my arms on her shoulders and like rub her shoulders you know what i mean yeah yeah Um, comforting like sort of like it's okay it's okay sort of stuff yeah 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 and to me slow down slow down what what are you what's wrong well there's a lot wrong but roll me a persuasion check uh you can have advantage also as you are her sister her sibling, correction. <laughs> you have two points of inspiration if you want to use those. Because God, the look, fine. The look on your face is of pure horror. Inspiration, do I just get one reroll? One reroll. It was a nat 20. (laughs) Okay. So make sure to mark off an inspiration on your sheet. Um, So you go through this process of calming her down. Of sort of patting her and like hugging her. Just trying to give her the contact and the comfort that she needs to slow her sobbing and to calm down. And you very quickly get results. She... She's your sister. She reacts to you and calms down and just looks you in the eyes and says, Mom has a message for you. She she said, don't go to sleep. Why? I I don't know. She just told me to tell you that. Uh. Okay. Like. 
No, okay. I'm I'm not going to question it. I trust her. And with that, your sister gives you another big hug. And a few minutes later, the guards come and take her away. And take you back to your cell. Holland, you haven't interacted with another person since you were put into the jail. Since your things were taken from you and you were put into a cell. Your cell is different than the others. With Ghibli and Vayu, they have prison bars. They can see each other and see the entire room. But with yours, you are in a stone cell with an iron door. You can't see anything except this room. And the only light that you have is from a window that is too high up for you to see out of, that has metal bars covering it. You have been here for... only the Pantheon knows how long. Time seems to stretch infinitesimally. Holland, what are you doing in this space? Um... Holland is sitting... Is there, like, furniture in there? Yes, there's a cheap bedroll and a bucket. Awesome. Holland is sitting on his bedroll facing the opposite wall. He's, like, mulling through all the things because he's asked Fleur to come. And he, just like Kyle has a bunch of questions for her and things need to get sorted out and he doesn't know what he'll have answers to and what will remain a mystery or what he's going to be able to accomplish through this meeting with Fleur. So he's sitting there going through all these things and he's like throwing little fireballs against the wall. Because <laughs> why not? Keep yourself entertained. You can make fireballs. Fair enough. So you're just firing off some fireballs. <laughs> In your prison cell. Clarification, sacred flames, not fireballs. I'm not <laughs> trying to hurt myself in this scenario. Not the actual spell fireball, in which case you would probably be dead. Yes, Holland can't actually cast that spell. Yeah. Um, so, it, you basically spend this time just tossing these little flames at the wall and just keeping your mind busy off the situation that you're in and after this long period of time the door eventually opens and you aren't brought out of the cell someone is brought into the cell and the person who walks in is your mother he just puts his head against the wall and lets out a very long and deep sigh <laughs> That's so rude. <laughs> Genevieve, after hearing you sigh, just sort of looks you over and goes, Is that all you have to say? I had much more planned to say to Fleur. Well, unfortunately, Fleur is still in recovery. I didn't know that. You did good today. By your family. Thank you, I guess. I, I don't know what to say to you, honestly. Well, you're leaving Ragon. 
Why don't you say the things that you've been holding back these past two years? There are a lot of things I would like to say to you. Most of them I won't, because it's not healthy for either of us. Because this is a family-friendly podcast. (laughs) Thank you, Ollie. You hear Vi, you shout that from upstairs. (laughs) (laughs) You said that I don't understand what it was like. Please, enlighten me. Your father and I always knew that there was a chance that one of our children would be an Asimar. We discussed the possibility even. We made the decision together that when I would give birth, we would do it alone. He would take care of me, and no one would know if our children weren't fully human. But during the labor, something went wrong. I became very, very sick. And your father had a choice to make. He could either risk my life and the lives of our children, or he could call someone to help. And so he did. He called for a midwife who helped us. And when I gave birth upon seeing that you were an Asimar, she gave me a choice. She could send you to the sanctuary, or she could report our entire family. We didn't have enough money to escape ourselves, but sponsoring you to get to the sanctuary was something that the government would do. Because they wanted a cure. If we tried to stay, if we tried to run, then Castor's Bane would have hunted us down along with the rest of Lucian's men. We would have never made it far. And she sort of... No, she kneels in front of you, since you're sitting on the ground. She doesn't sit, not wanting to dirty her dress, but she kneels. I always wanted you, Holland. You and Luca. You were my boys, or at least you were supposed to be, but... I had to make the choices that I made to keep our family safe. To keep you alive. I don't know what you went through in the sanctuary, but I knew that if you were there, then you would still be alive and we would be too. If you stayed, all four of us wouldn't be here. I wish you would have told me this sooner. When, any time we approached you, you ran from us. When would we have had time to tell you? Every time we went to the house, you ran off saying you had to go to work or you had to go to the temple. You were never in a room with us for more than 30 seconds. I'm sorry. I should have... I should have just talked to you. No, Holland. It's... It's not something I blame you for. Like I said, I don't know what happened in the sanctuary. I don't know what they did. 
and I can understand that you've held some resentment towards us, to your father and I. But know that we've always wanted you in our lives. And she pauses for a moment and reaches into a pocket that's on her dress and pulls out an item. And she hands you this item. Looking at it, you can see that it is a small wooden rattle. The bauble at the top has an image of a sun carved into it. It looks very old and but well taken care of. The handle of this rattle has a single word carved into it. Holland. We had one made for you and your brother. Back when we knew that you would both be boys. I wish I could tell you what the sanctuary was like. But there's so much of it that I just don't want to remember. And thinking about it even now, just it brings me so much pain. She stands up. And takes a few steps back and says, Maybe one day we'll be able to talk about it. I want you to know, Holland, that you're going to be okay. What am I supposed to do? Be patient. You've made a lot of friends. I think it's time you wait and see what they do. And she opens the door. And walks away. And the door closes behind her. With a heavy thud. Hours pass. You guys have been kept in your cells the entire day. And you can tell that it's getting to be late night now. Probably around 10 o'clock, maybe a little later. You've all been served dinner. And basically been told to go to bed. What would you all like to do? Okay, so wait. Bayou is in a cell across from Gibbs, right? Mm -hmm. And there's like bars. Yep. You can see each other and talk to each other. Oh, we can talk. Yeah, Gibbs is going to throw throw one of their dice at you. (laughs) Roll me a dexterity check. Hold up. Roll me a dexterity check. Can I roll dexterity to see if I can catch it? Yes. Yes! <laughs> and that's it. That is if Gibbs can get Alright, let's see what Sam rolls first. What'd you get? Okay, wait, okay, so I'm just adding dex to this. Mm-hmm. That was a five. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I want to know, does that mean it just, like, goes down the hall? Does it hit Bayou, like, right in the eye? Or... I will How give you a choice. You can either, I'm going to give you this choice on how this fumbles, either you lose this die, or Vayu is going to take damage from you throwing this. (laughs) (laughs) Damage. Please damage. Okay, I'm, I'm going to say no to the damage because I just don't know how that would be possible. Gibbs is very tiny. This is a little die, okay? Gibbs depends on explosives, not strength, to 
damage people. So I'm just gonna say that they lose lose the one die. Okay. So and you then, throw and then the they're die. They're gonna try again. It goes on the hull and it disappears under a door. Aw. Okay. Take two. Wait, you wanna put your hands there? Oh yeah. Okay. Hey! No, it was a nat twenty. <laughs> Good. So that's two nat twenties for the two people who've gotten nat ones so far. Um, that's wild. We rolled nat ones back to back, and then nat twenties back to back. The probability kind of that of. is actually very low. <laughs> We're scientists. So after seeing your mess up the first time, you basically sit down and like start drawing lines in the sand to do out the math. Not sand, but like lines on the ground to do out the math on how like to perfectly dust. throw this. Yes. And you then look at the arc at which you would throw the die, and you throw it. Ollie, are you trying to catch this die, or are you just by you? Are you Heck trying to catch yeah, this I die? Am. Okay, roll me a dexterity you check. Your also, when they miss the first time, right, right, right. Okay, yes, but roll me a dexterity check to see if you actually catch it. Whoa, I'm gonna take that. That's a fifteen. Fifteen. Okay, you catch it pretty nimbly, just like. It's like thrown at you, and you just like, like you're catching like a uh, a ball. You just catch it really easily. I'm great descriptors, Ooh. guys. That's the monk skills coming in. <laughs> <laughs> so, why did you throw this die? By the way, because we never really established what was happening. You just started throwing <laughs> die across the across the hallway. <laughs> They're bored. They're, they want to play. Catch. Yeah, to be fair, before Sam started saying this, I was gonna say Vayu just makes faces at Gibbs across <laughs> the room. And, like, if a guard walks by and they're, like, I don't know, rude or something, Vayu would, like, start making fun of them to Gibbs and be like, get a load of that guy. Either way, we're just messing around the past time and try, okay. try to stay positive. That, I will, that's the lesson here. I will say, at some point, Vayu does mention... In a subtle but clear way, I'm not going to sleep. You probably shouldn't either. Why? Um, I was told not to, and I think that that's a good idea. Because my mommy said so. Because <laughs> my mom said so, so you should listen to me. <laughs> But Miss Evie always tells me that you should always get eight hours of sleep every night if you want to be healthy. And even though we're in prison, I think we should follow that rule. Well, we already broke all the other laws, so we might as well make uh, break that rule as well. Good point. <laughs> so you guys stay up for a while to just sort of messing about. Holland, are you good to go, or what are you up to? Um, what what are you there doing? There are metal bars on the window, right? Holy crap! Okay, oh, no. all right. <laughs> okay, I don't like question. that tone of voice. I don't no, like it's, it's not bad. I'm just asking the question. I'm just yes, there are just metal wondering. bars on this window, which I've already said is higher than you can reach. It not is. with that attitude. <laughs> How high is it? <laughs> Come on, Russ, give us a number. Nine feet. This doesn't specify, 
But what I'm looking at is Holland's channel divinity, which is Artisan's Blessing, which he can turn any amount of metal that's worth up to 100 gold pieces, which is a lot of metal, into something just magically. So if he just, like, reached up to the bar, could he, like, possibly play with that? <laughs> you just have to make this as hard for us as possible. Does it say how long it takes in Xenoverse Guide? An hour? Okay. So I'm going to give you a choice. You can try this on the bars, but I'm going to have you make athletics checks to jump. And get to the bars. (laughs) Jump and eat the spell. (laughs) You're gonna be jumping for over an hour, though. That's fine. Nope. We're just gonna just cut that out. Hold up. Here's here's where the choice comes in. So, fine then. I will make you make athletics checks for your jumping. Or, you can do something with your iron door. I was about to point out the door. I thought he was just going to end it at, you could do something else. <laughs> How thick is the iron door? It's pretty thick. It's probably about six inches. It's just not like him trying to escape or anything. This mm-hmm. is just him trying playing with stuff that weapon? he can do. No, he's not trying to make a weapon. So what I want him to do is like take like a chunk out of the iron door, like a mm-hmm. small chunk. Yes. And create, like, two iron wristbands. Just as a memento, as, like, <laughs> a thing. He's just had a conversation with Forge. He's trying out his Forge things. He's just trying things. He's still new to this. He's going through a new fashion phase. I was going to say, he's being a fashionista. I think Forge would appreciate that. I think Forge would appreciate that. So, you look at this door, and you begin to channel the divinity of Forge. Tell me what it looks like. Um, so, I picture it as he is basically heating up this portion of metal, but it's magical heat, so it doesn't, like, radiate outward. It basically just melts the portion of metal he is utilizing, and just turns it into liquid lava. Mm-hmm. And he is like, then he like he can he's able to like pick it up and literally form it into the shape he wants to. And basically, he's just like basically pouring liquid lava on his wrists, and it's fine. Hardcore. All right. So you go up to this door and you pick a small chunk that will not damage the entire integrity of the door, but will at least give you enough metal. And you hold your hands out towards it, and within minutes it begins to melt and just collapse to the ground you gather up this liquid metal and pour it onto your arms and it forms to them creating these iron bracers um that you then fit to yourself do you include does it say anything about the quality of the item um it's just whatever I turn it into. It doesn't, like, it doesn't, it's not, like, transmutation or anything like that. It's just, mm-hmm. but it is a magical create craft, and it is, like, so I'm assuming it's, like, a, a, equal to my crafting skills, mm-hmm. or better than, because it is a magical mm-hmm. crafting. 
So as you're putting this on and you are sliding these bracelets onto your wrist, this liquid magma, what are you thinking about? Um, so Holland is thinking about his connection with Forge. Um, and I believe that this entire time he is basically praying to Forge and trying out the new language he can speak. Um, just trying to connect because Forge had specifically asked him to start giving back and have it not be a one-way relationship. So he's thanking Forge just in general and like asking for guidance because this is going to be a rough time and it has been a rough time. You begin to make these bracelets and shape them and you reach out to Forge. You reach out through this bond you have to this god, this god of steel and fire and craftsmanship. And as you're doing this, you're sort of mindlessly making these bracelets on your arms and thinking about this language that you've now learned that you never knew before, this language that you never knew you could speak. And as soon as you finish, you look down at your arms, at these bracelets that you've created. They have clasps on them so that you can take them off if you should wish. But you look at the design work that's on them. You've never designed something like this before, and you don't remember putting all of these things on there, but there's images of the symbol of Forge, these flames on top of an anvil. There's an image of a volcano, and all around it there is this writing in a language that you've never spoken, but you understand. It's telling a story about Forge, about how Forge taught man to make metal, to craft, to build, and the relationship between the god and mortals. But on the very edge of these bracelets, not part of the story, is two words. Well, one word, but on both bracelets. And the word that you can read is faith. And he's just going to take, like, after he's done that, he's just going to sit back in this spot and just examine them and just marvel at that because that's this is something completely incredible he's never achieved before mm -hmm. you look at these and you instantly know that this is not a work of just you forge was there with you crafting that for you and you were left with that knowledge a few more hours pass or at least it feels like it i need all of you to roll me perception checks i rolled an 18 oh okay <laughs> great you know what maybe it's not back to back but we're basically keeping pace with each other we're in sync yeah. what'd you guys roll the band a two 
Oh my god. Five? Yeah, it was a seven. I couldn't remember if I rolled a seven or if I rolled the five plus. No, I'm pretty two. sure it was a five. So it's seven. Vayu and Gibbs, you two are busy chatting and talking to one another, so you're kind of not really paying attention to your surroundings, but Holland, you're all alone. You've been marveling at these bracers and you begin to hear something. It sounds like shouting. It's not one person, though. It sounds like a large group. And it sounds like it's getting closer and closer to the prison. What do you want to do, Holland? I'm gonna try to leap up and see if I can look out my window and hold onto the bar like, what's going on out there? Roll me an athletics check. What was athletics check you said? Yes, athletics. It's 19. 19. So, you just like, you're like, oh my goodness, people! And you just <laughs> leap and grab onto the bars <laughs> and hold yourself up. And you're staring through these bars and you can see the moonlight that's shining down on this place. And you begin to see people approaching. There are upwards of 50 people from your estimation, all carrying signs and shouting. And you can hear these chants coming up from this crowd, calling for freedom, calling for release. Specifically for you, Ghibli Stern, and Vayu Hadari. Gibbs and Vayu, you may re-roll your perception checks. Please. <laughs> Ross is just tired of us. Roll we got back. this, we got this, we got this. Nope, that's a four. You don't got this. I got this. Ready? Ready? <laughs> what, that's a nine for you? Well, congratulations, because the DC had dropped because they got closer. You needed an eight, so you got it. <laughs> I heard it. So, Vayu, you begin to hear this chanting. Unfortunately, you don't hear, you don't have a window in your cell to look out of, but you can hear them. This sounds get closer, Vayu, as you're listening. What would you like to do? I I look across to Gibbs, and I go, Squirt! Squirt! And Gibbs, hearing you, kind of spooks them a little bit, and it makes their house of cards collapse, and they sigh, and they go, what? There's, there's, well, Uh I'm not really sure what it is, but I think there's, like, maybe a riot or something. Uh, riot's probably the wrong word. Something is happening. Okay. I just think you should pay attention to it. Okay, Gibbs is gonna listen really hard now. You can hear it too. Wow. Oh, I don't <laughs> Who have would have guessed? Are you sure? <laughs> you can hear this chanting and it gets closer and closer and suddenly all of you begin to hear movement throughout the prison. As I said before, it's attached to the guard building and you can hear someone shouting for guards to go outside and see what's going on. 
and you can hear the movement of people leaving the building. As this is happening, these, this group, this protesters, rioters, whatever you want to call them, sort of come face to face with these guards and there's shouting back and forth, a call and response from the people against the guards who are keeping you all captive. And then something happens. Something you're not expecting. Further in the town, somewhere far away, you hear something that goes boom as there is an explosion somewhere further in the town. The rioters and the protesters do not move, but the guards, their orders being shouted and they begin to split off. And others begin to run away to go check out this explosion. And some of the guards still remain, but many have left the scene. What do you all want to do? Um, I have a question. Mm-hmm. Is Gibbs small enough to go through the bars of their cell? No. Please, that'd be really funny. <laughs> no. The bars are normal person sized, and Gibbs could just walk through them. Can can Gibbs try to squeeze through the bars? Yeah, sure, you can try. I don't know how I've been rolling, but that'd be really funny. Roll me a dexterity. I'm gonna do this. What 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 was my dex again? Isn't it plus zero? No, I have good. That was perception. That's a six. You guys are awful. Who invited no, you? I'm We're gonna so flat bad. up say no to you. I hate doing that, Aww. but no. How you... about instead, if you hate us so much, you just say yes. You make a valid point that makes no sense. Okay. <laughs> Gibbs, I have a question for you. Yes? What's your intelligence modifier? My... Smarter than trying to squeeze out of the bars. <laughs> well, Gibbs has nothing on them to like do anything with the bars. Wait, I don't. Gibbs has the spells, I think, right now. I don't even look at those. Oh well. Um, intelligence modifiers plus three. Plus three. Okay, cool. So, as you try and squeeze through the bars unsuccessfully, you all hear once again further in the town, but from somewhere else. Another boom, and more of the guards begin to split off. You can hear the voice of Captain Akira shouting to send people to different areas of the village, and it's chaos. The protesters are still keeping strong. They're staying where they are, and they're shouting and screaming, but they're still just staying there. Despite these explosions and all this stuff, they don't move. They don't seem faltered by it. Holland, you're raising your hand. Would you like to ask teacher a question? Yes, Mr. <laughs> Wild. Um, Ew. Ew. I hate no. <laughs> um, I cannot, how far away are the protesters from my window? They're about probably a little over 20 feet away, just because the guards would have stopped them from getting any closer to the building. Can I see anyone I know? Roll me a perception check. That's a natural 20. So, 
you recognize a few people in the crowd. You recognize Nathaniel. You recognize Freya. You actually know you yeah you've met Freya, but you haven't met Amala. Um, you recognize someone standing with Freya, but you don't know who it is. Um, they look very alike, though. A small girl about the age of 12. I wonder who it is. Her name might be Amala. You have that feeling. (laughs) You have that just sort of like that feeling. Um. You hear Vayu shouting, Amala! You see, um, you're surprised to see this person there. Um. So Nathaniel's there, <laughs> but Ren is also there, standing with Nathaniel, your furbold friend from the prologue to the show. Uh, Keeper Nazar's there. Many of the other clerics of the temple are there, and people who work there. Squad. You see that Isabel is there. Elsie's mother is there, standing and standing and watching there are a bunch of other people who you don't recognize, but those are the big ones who you do recognize. And what do you want to do? Are you doing anything? Holland's going to start yelling and calling out their names, and he's going to cast light on his bars that he's holding. He's still just holding himself <laughs> up. I want a 19. So... I just want like, to see in the room like his legs just dangling. <laughs> Okay, so a lot of the protesters don't seem to notice you, but someone who does is Freya. She sees you and hears you shouting, and without breaking chant, she looks you in the eyes and gives you a wink, and then changes her attention and continues her chanting. As this is happening, everyone, you hear... Or at least, you're in the basement and you two are on this first floor. So actually, this would only be Vayu and Ghibli who hear this. You hear footsteps approaching the prison. And you hear shuffling of feet and some sort of movement. Whoever it is is very light on their feet. They aren't making a mess. They're very calm and moving with a purpose. And you see two figures walk into this hallway, this area where your cells are. And both of them are hooded and covered up, keeping themselves from being seen. And one of them pulls out a key, goes over to Gibbs's door, and opens it. The second one pulls out another key goes over to Vayu's door, turns the key in the lock, and opens it. The figure who opens Gibbs's door pulls down their hood, looks at Ghibli and says, Come on, Gibbs. I told you it was going to be okay. And standing before you is Evie. The second one takes off their hood, and you can see Captain Akira Nakamura standing in front of you, Vayu. And they look at you and say, Have your back, kiddo. Let's go get your friend. Holland, you hear footsteps down the stairs, and your large iron door opens. And standing there, 
as Captain Akira, Evie, Ghibli, and Vayu. Evie looks at everyone and says, Well, I think it's time we get you all out of Ragon. Everyone ready? No? I guess I have to be. (laughs) I'm okay. Evie leads you guys back upstairs to this sort of common area of the prison. Akira walks off into a side room and comes back with three bags. Hands ones to Holland, hands one to Vayu, and hands one to Gibbs. Inside, you find all your items. Ghibli, your gun isn't in there, and neither are your grenades. But you watch as Evie reaches into her backpack and pulls out your gun and your grenades, except there's only one of them left. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They committed arson for us. (laughs) That's more than arson. That's like terrorism, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, (laughs) it depends. She hands you your weapons, looks at you all, looks at Akira, who has disappeared for a few minutes and gone back and changed into their armor. Akira looks at Evie and says, All right, Evie. Make it look good. And Evie... Punches him in the face with a bare hand, and they collapse to the ground. Evie takes the keys off their body, throws it to the side of the room, looks at you all and says, Let's go. We don't have much time. Hey folks, it's Kyle. I voice Holland. In and out of jail in one episode. Look at us. We are setting records, people. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Prison Pals. We really appreciate it. If you really want to show your support, we would love to see more five-star reviews on iTunes. Right now we're sitting around 15 and we would love to, to be able to read more from North America. Other ways you could support us are just reaching out to us on Twitter. We would love to see more tweets at us. And we were, I'm the one that runs Twitter. I would love to communicate and talk to you guys. I would love a lot of things, apparently. Love, love, love things. Um, another thing we have now, we have a Kofi. Oh my goodness. You can support us that way. That's ko-fi.com slash prison pals. You can show us your support there. Um, we have received a few donations. We're using those donations to go towards our monthly host fees, which keep us on the internet and in your podcatchers. So if you are like uh, Renee Rhodes, Undead Ban, or Ellie Blue, and you want to support us, we would love, love, love it. It helps us out so much. That, iTunes, and Twitter are the best ways you could show your support. Um, and now let's head over to Sam with our artist spotlight of the week. Boop, boop, boop. Okay. So it's that time of the podcast again. You know the drill. It's the artist spotlight. Today, I'm here to tell you about Ross Weissman. Ross is a comedian, writer, and podcaster which is great. We haven't had a podcaster on here for a while since Professor Jimbles, but always willing to help out our fellow podcast. 
So either way, <coughs> Ross has a podcast called Kid Flicks. It's like net. It's like Netflix, but not quite. You take away the net, you put in a kid. Uh, so basically, this podcast is a show where he and some guests sit down and talk about children's movies and analyze them, and it is hilarious. Um, one of the episodes starts off with him calling Mary Poppins a demon, so that's cool. Uh, now keep in mind, if you want to listen to this podcast, it is not family-friendly, so for all you kiddos out there, ask a parent first. That sounds right. That's good advice. Talk to a guardian. Talk to some adults who are allowed to give you permission for things. Um... But either way, podcast is great, the material is hilarious, great quality. Um, you can find Kid Flicks Pod on iTunes, and you can also find uh, it on Twitter at Kid Flicks Pod. Wow! You can also find Ross on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook as Mr. Weissman. They'll be in the description so you'll know where to look. Um... But yeah, go check out Ross, listen to the podcast. I know I'm going to at work tomorrow. Um, and stay groovy? <laughs> I don't know why groovy was the first thing that popped into my head. <laughs> stay groovy, everyone. Yeah, you know what? I'm, I'm going with it. Stay groovy, everybody. I believe in you. Now back over to whoever's doing this outro. Kyle. Kyle. Thanks, Ollie. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Sam. Um, thank you again, everyone, for listening. Tune in this Thursday for a special episode. Uh, this Thursday is October 11th. It is National Coming Out Day. And I may or may not have tasked the cast with recording something special for you. We hope you listen. Bye.